Hey friends, it's Corey Andrew Powell here, letting you know it's time to treat yourself with an exclusive Motivational Mondays deal at the NSLS shop. Listeners get 20% off shop-wide with the code MONDAYS. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Need a new coffee tumbler? Or perhaps you want to keep it classy with a new hardcover notebook? Well, get them on sale. Listen, with this deal, I'm tempted to trade in my bow tie collection for one of those cute NSLS hoodies. And don't forget, use code MONDAYS at checkout. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Enjoy that 20% off at shop.nsls.org. And stay motivated, leaders. Stay motivated. Hello, everyone. I am Corey Andrew Powell, and I am thrilled today to be joined by Malcolm Wood. Malcolm is a multifaceted individual. He's an adventurer, a global entrepreneur, a mentor, a brand ambassador, and so much more. His extensive career spans two decades and includes the founding of several businesses, including the acclaimed Maximal Concepts and its flagship restaurant, Mott 32. Malcolm is a passionate advocate as well for sustainability, and he's garnered numerous awards, including his role as a UN Mountains Heroes Ambassador. Welcome. Welcome to Motivational Mondays. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on the show. Thank you, sir. Great to have you as well. And uh, are you in Dubai right now or where are you exactly? No, I actually live in France. So I've, okay. I've got a house uh, in front of Mont Blanc, which is my favorite mountain in the world. Oh, wow. That sounds really nice. Uh, gorgeous. I've only been to France once, but I did manage to get to uh, Saint-Malo and Saint-Michel. I left Paris and kind of got out in the country. So it's definitely a beautiful, beautiful place. I asked if you were in Dubai, of course, because Mott 32, I believe that's like the flagship restaurant and that is in Dubai. Yeah. So we're in uh, 10 locations around the world. Next location is going to be Toronto. We opened up at the beginning of the year in Dubai uh, on the top of the address. So it's, mm. uh, it's one of the highest Chinese restaurants in the world. Yeah. Uh, my friends who live in Dubai, they were all like, are you going to talk to that guy? Like that guy who did that? Like, you know how that, that hotel is amazing and there's only five stars normally, but it's a, it's a seven star. So apparently it's a, it's a big deal. So I'm a rock star today because I'm interviewing you with my friends who live in Dubai. Um, but your career though, you've had a really diverse and successful career as an entrepreneur and advocate for sustainability. So I would love to know, like, what was a pivotal moment for you where you made that part of your mission, despite all your other kind of entrepreneur things? You thought, you know, saving the planet is also a priority. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it it's an interesting period of time, yeah, because we're getting a lot of information about how um, impactful the way we're living and how that is affecting our environment. And with that information you you can't you can't ignore it you can't say okay well you've just told me i've done something bad and i'm not going to change the way i'm doing something yeah Mm -hmm. so i mean it's kind of been like that for the last 10 years and i think if you care about your environment if you're passionate about nature and you run a business in this age it's very very difficult to ignore the fact that you like you just have this bad feeling in in, inside of you that i know i'm doing something wrong and I've just been told there's a way to do it differently. Like, so you can react to it. And I think we, we need to. And then the, the flip side of that is to, to try to be proactive mm-hmm. um, about changing your business, the, 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 the way that you do things personally, the way that you eat food, the way that you travel. Um, it's all there and it's, and it's all available for us to access. So I think, I think it's, you know, we're, we're in that time now. Yeah. And for you, it just was a social consciousness. Like once you became aware of it, you're like, I, I can be a part of the solution, basically. 
Well, so, I mean, the the actual pivotal moment was when a good friend of mine, Craig Leeson, asked me to get involved in a plastic ocean. The kind of the day job, I call it, that I do is is being a restaurateur as well as an entrepreneur. But um, a large part of my business has been centered around hospitality. I always say, like, these things are all interconnected. Like, I've always had a love for the environment. I've always been out in nature. I've always been climbing and skiing and flying and all of these things. And and if you've got an appreciation for nature, you want to take care of it, yeah? Mm. Uh, out of a love for that came a love of food and and produce and and farming and, you know, where things were coming from and how they were being produced and, 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 and looking after them. Mm. So when Craig came to me, I think it was 2017, with an opportunity to help him produce and get the film Plastic Ocean off uh, over the line. I got involved in that film and uh, we were really lucky. We became the most awarded environmental documentary of that year Mm. because it was the first time a film had documented that microplastics was coming into the food chain, coming into human health and Mm. becoming an epidemic around the world. And we looked at that and we sat back and we're like, Oh crap! You know, like we're 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 doing a lot of th- this damage in our business, and we have the ability to change it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're based in Asia. We were the first restaurant group to eliminate single-use plastics in the front of house. We changed the way that we were doing business, the the, the way that we were receiving package packages in the in, in we call it the back house. It's it's in the kitchen side of the business. The way that customers were coming into the restaurant, we were trying to educate them about you know this, this this problem right at the beginning of this awareness that plastic was destroying the environment but not only that it was getting into our food chain and affecting our health mm. so that that, that was yeah. kind of it and from from then we kind of did more films and yeah. and did more around in, environmental uh, sort of awareness stuff and um mm-hmm. and it's uh, one thing led to another basically yeah and like and also the the last glacier which we'll talk about uh, in a few but i want to just dissect quickly what you said the the plastics were getting or they are getting into the food chain so just to really break that down in layman's terms you mean the food that we're eating a lot of the byproducts of this this plastics these plastics that are i guess discarded are finding their way back into the actual food we're consuming is that what you're referring to no, or 100%. So if you if you cut open the stomach of seabirds or large fish or whales or dolphin they're full of plastic. Those microplastics um well so those are large pieces of plastics but my, the the plastics break down in the ocean they turn into microplastics they're they're consumed by fish, plankton, the whole entire food chain. The microplastics get into the bodies of those animals, and as they go up the food chain, they concentrate. And by the time we in, ingest them, we're ingesting microplastics. So if you test a large part of the human population that are eating seafood, you'll find microplastics in our bodies as well. Hmm. Okay, that's not terrifying at all. <laughs> wow. And so, of course, obviously that has big health implications for all of us. Yeah, that is pretty terrifying stuff. And so I think the biggest issue we're having, though, unfortunately now, I'm not sure about in parts of the world where you visit or where you live in Europe, of course, but here in America, there's a big problem with people who are sort of like on the denial side of these things that are occurring, whether it be climate change or, you know, oh, the ocean's fine. No, oh, the, oh, the planet's been around for a billion years. It's going to work out fine. So I wonder how, I mean, do you have 
that sort of opposition you were up against in your work where you have to sort of like really pound the pavement, telling people, no, this is really a thing. This is not something we're making up. And you have people who are saying, ah, it's fine. Go on with your life and be, and be happy. Yeah, look, with Plastic Ocean, it's fact. You go to any beach around the world, it's unindated with um, pollution and, and waste. And you can see microplastics in, on every beach. You pick up the sand, you scoop it with your hand, you look through it. It's not grains of sand anymore. It's it's grains of sand mixed in with plastic. Mm. That's getting into our food chain. I don't let my kids eat shellfish. I don't, I, there's certain, you know, we we if we eat fish, we, we limit the amount of fish we eat and where it's from. And we try to eat freshwater fish so that it's not coming from the ocean and it's, mm. you know, farmed ethically, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, there's certain rules that you can do to make the situation better. Yeah. When it comes to pretending that things aren't going wrong it tends to be around climate change and the impact on the environment sort of on a on a, on a global scale and that was really the premise for doing the last glaciers we wanted to so i mean this was like six years ago and the mm -hmm. statistic was over 50 percent of americans did not believe in climate change or thought it was a hoax and that's only six years ago i mean it's crazy yeah i sat back down with craig we just finished the plastic ocean and we we're thinking what's like the biggest topic that we can challenge now? Then it was climate change. And this, we discussed the fact that there was a large percentage of the population that didn't believe it. So we, we decided that we're going to pick a topic that you just cannot argue. Like we want to do it like we did with a plastic ocean. We want to pick a scientific fact that just proves to everyone unanimously that this problem exists and it exists around the world. And we're like, how can we explain this to a kid? to get a kid to believe this. It's like, well, melting ice everywhere. And uh, so we're like, well, glaciers are everywhere. They're melting everywhere. So let's go around, around, around the world. Let's, let's film these things and let's show that the temperature of the earth is getting more extreme and hotter on these mountain ranges. And during that film, we found out the significance of glaciers. Glaciers lock up reservoirs of water for over a third of the world's population. So if you lose the glaciers, a third of the world's population will be without fresh water, mm. which is their life source. Mm. And those people will have to migrate to another place that has a water source, and that will cause a huge disruption. And these things are happening within the next 20 to 30 to 40 years, within our lifetime. Mm. And so we're going to see a mass migration because of the loss of glaciers. It's the most one of the most significant impacts of climate change, and nobody knows about it. You know, you speak to ten, you know, nine out of ten people, they just think, oh, these, these, it doesn't matter if the glaciers go; it's just some sort of thing, and in, in the, the mountain's going to look different. Well, no, right. everything downstream from that mountain is going to dry up and go into drought, and then those people will not be able to exist there, mm -hmm. and it's it's a huge problem. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I think it's um, definitely. Still, unfortunately, it's a, it's a fact, like you said, some people think it's sort of exterior and it's just visual and not an actual thing that will impact lives. And you still have people who are going to always deny science, even if you probably show them exactly what's happening. So it's not to be make not to make a pun. It's an uphill battle, though, unfortunately. But uh, I definitely appreciate the efforts because um, I don't think when you're removed from a situation, it's top of mind as most of us don't live near glaciers we're not even thinking about them so the idea to bring those to people you know where they live and maybe understand it better is hopefully a step in the right direction now you're an ambassador for the un as well as i mentioned the mountain heroes team what exactly is that and what is your roles or missions as part of that team 
typically they choose athletes that have done um, a bunch of uh, work around, you know, climate change or, you know, prom promoting awareness uh, on, on waste management, et cetera. So people that are kind of in the sporting world. And one of my hats that I wear is, is I'm an advocate of um, air sports, um, speed flying, paragliding. I own a paragliding company where we produce some of the best speed wings for flying very fast down mountains. And I've always been passionate about that. And we use that concept in the last glaciers to kind of engage the kids in adventure. So all of these mountains we went to, we decided not to use helicopters. We decided to use paragliders and speed wings and fly over them with like the director strapped in front of me with a camera pointing down at the glacier. Wow. And so for the work in the last glaciers, the United Nations kind of recognized the work I was doing. And because there was this element of extreme sports tied in there, um, I joined that team. So there's, there's, uh, you know, some other prominent athletes in there, but I'm kind of like the little special one. That's not really a professional <laughs> athlete, right, but right. Uh, was, 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 is engaged in the sport in a big way. Mm, that's amazing. And of course, I mean, you might be the only one who's like jumping out of planes and stuff, I, you know, I mean, you have your own, <laughs> your own skill set that probably definitely makes you stand out in that, in that arena. I think it's pretty amazing too, because it's showing that people can also sort of like just use their attributes to make a difference in certain capacities. So it's really cool that you're recognized in that way. And I know you had this other project, I believe I was reading called the Meru Project. Uh, Meru, yeah. M-E-R-U. And what's that project about? So Meru Projects is a foundation that we set up a couple of years ago, just kind of in COVID, to try to help some communities where we can um, just give back in some of the remote places that we visited and kind of try to provide them with solutions that can help them live more sustainably. So like, um, you know, a, a small mountain village in Nepal that has a power shortage uh, and a power problem is off grid. Yeah. So providing them with a solution uh, through solar panels and batteries and things like that. So looking looking at setting up projects like that um, mm -hmm. um, around kind of the, the poorer regions in the world, yeah. um, trying to raise money and, and look at kind of tech-driven solutions. So Malcolm, given your experience as a global entrepreneur, of course, so what advice would you offer to aspiring entrepreneurs who are looking to make an impact, right? Not just in their own personal lives, but somehow maybe aligning their industry or their business with that particular interest? It's an interesting question because if you try to push some of your ideas onto your audience before you're successful, you potentially may lose them. I mean, we, we talk about this disparity in people's views on whether or not it's an important top topic to talk about being sustainable or being environmental. It's kind of a chicken and egg. I always say that once I got to a place where I had a platform to be able to change people's minds, I now have influence over them. Yeah? So they come into my restaurants, I can show them that, look, there's a plant-based alternative that you could be eating. Not everyone's going to choose that. Uh, but if I opened up with a plant-based menu, I'm not sure I would have got the audience in, in, at, at the first place. That's one of the big things I'm always, always kind of discussing is how to be influential in, in your ideas and how to convince people that this is the right way to do things. Because you can convince people by force, Mm. Or you can, can you can convince people by influence, yeah, or by example. And mm. there's certain situations where one way is right and the other way is not. In terms of kind of just setting up businesses that are more environmentally focused, I, I mean, there's so many tools out there, so many solutions, and I think it's a really exciting time to be alive because 
we have the ability to do things differently and you have an audience today that will buy into those ideas, buy into those products, even at a higher price. Mm. And that's because of all the awareness that has been made available over the last five, six, eight years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With education comes motivation to, to make change. And you, you can see that globally. We have businesses all around the world. We have businesses in locations in Asia where they don't have access to the same information that we do in the West. And it, I always say it's not because they don't care that they're not buying into it. They've just been taught in their culture that eating meat is a, is a sign of uh, wealth and success. And so when we go out to dinner at a restaurant, we want to get the big pile of meat and the big fish and all of these things mm -hmm. and show off. They just haven't had the access to watching these videos and, and information that we need to reduce the amount of meat consumption, you know, and we have to lower greenhouse gases, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So you've got to make sure that you've, you're pitching the right business <laughs> to the right audience to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, and I really love the point you made about the message is what's most important of how you're delivering that message to people because you can isolate. And of course, as I mentioned, in such a divisive climate right now over every issue, I mean, I can go on any social media platform and someone's either fighting over Taylor Swift and Beyonce or veganism versus not eating meat. And there's just a lot of vitriol and anger. And I'm like, you know, maybe if you explain to me why you think this way versus telling me I should think that way too. It's a very different outcome in many cases. So now I love that you stressed that point. And I have to also ask you, as we come to the end of our conversation here, you mentioned, of course, and I mentioned in the intro, you do a lot of stuff. You're an adventurer, mentor, entrepreneur. I mean, you know, all the, the adventurous sports, everything. And then you manage all these businesses and you do all this stuff. So I'm just curious for our audience who's, you know, college age, looking to get out in the world and start doing things. How do you balance all those things? I mean, how do you, you know, are there any strategies or habits that you have to help you manage having such an active life professionally and personally and stay energetic, I guess, to accomplish all of the things you're trying to do? I think that there's a few things here. One, one is, I think the most important thing is that you got to look after yourself. If you're in the right mindset, if you're sleeping well, if you're nourished well, you're exercising well, you'll have the energy to do things. The second thing is organization. It's 80% planning, 20% ex execution. Building a company is not about driving everyone around you. It's about building people. You're not building a company. You're building a team around you. And the team is the most important thing. So the first thing we teach in all of our restaurants, all of our businesses, is the customer is not the most important person. You, the team, is the most important person. And if you have a good team, you can accomplish anything. Thank you so much for uh, all you do as a fellow human. I will say thank you for the work you do on behalf of saving this home of ours that we all share. So Malcolm Wood, showing that individuals can make a difference in whatever realm they can. We appreciate you being here today and keep up the great work. Malcolm Wood, thanks for being here on Motivational Mondays. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Motivational Mondays presented by the National Society of Leadership and Success and available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Corey Andrew Powell, and I'll see you again here next week.